Our scripture this morning comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 21. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. This is the word of the Lord. It's absolutely true and given to us in love. Well, good morning. A few weeks ago, I um, went with a friend to Cracker Barrel. It was Tuesday night, and it was raining, so no pickleball. So we decided to go to Cracker Barrel instead, and as we drove into the parking lot at Cracker Barrel, the lights in the parking lot were out, and we didn't think much about it. I parked my car, we went in, we ate all those yummy biscuits, 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 oh, they're so good. And afterwards, we walked out of the parking lot, and we walked up to my car, And I noticed in the back seat, there was just this brown material laying on the back seat. And I was like, that's kind of strange. I don't know what that is. And my friend Preston was like, hey, Todd, somebody busted out your window. And I was like, no. And I went over. We looked. Somebody had just basically smashed my window, went through the car, but didn't take anything. And so I was like, oh, it was a pain, of course. We drove the car, got it vacuumed out, and then the next day took it to the shop. Well, then last Sunday, I decide I'm going to blow leaves after church, and and I have an electric blower, so I plug my electric blower into my outlet on my porch, which my Christmas lights are also plugged into. And I started blowing, and it got darker and darker, and I thought, you know, I might should unplug the Christmas lights, but I didn't, and then all of a sudden, everything went dark, not just in my yard, but in my living room, pitch black. So I walk into the living room, the dog's in there, and I can smell burning in, in the living room, and I was like, ugh. And I thought, maybe I just tripped the breaker, so I went and I did all the breakers on and off, on and off, no power in the living room at all. It was just pitch black. So I called a friend who was an electrician. We talked. He was like, something's messed up. And I was like, yes, there's no lights. I know something is messed up, and I need an electrician. And he's like, well, I can't help you. Um, You'll need to call somebody else. 
And so I tell you those stories because that evening I was talking to a friend on the phone, and I was like, I, you know, first, you know, going to this parking lot, doesn't have lights, my window gets smashed out, then I lose power in my living room and on my front porch and on my Christmas lights. Um, and she's like, what do you think God is up to? And I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe my car and my house are cursed. I don't know. Um, and she was like, no, I don't think God is in the cursing business. So think again, what is it that you think God is trying to teach you? And as I thought more about it, I thought, you know, this sounds really trite and really simple, but I think he's trying to show me the importance of light. And as I thought about that, I was like, you know, light pushes back against darkness. Light illuminates darkness. Light pushes back against evil. And light also guides our path as we walk. In the Fellowship of the Ring, Galadriel gives Frodo a small crystal vial, and when he shakes it, rays of white light come from it. And she says to Frodo, may it be a light to you in dark places when all other lights go out. Light cuts through the darkness. It exposes evil in the world. It exposes evil in ourselves. Light brings life, and light shows us the way. And without light, and I can attest to this, it is very difficult to live, especially in your living room. And as I thought about all these events, um, and just the coincidence of them all, then I thought about the passage that I chose two months ago to preach this morning. And it's a passage that's all about light. So I don't think it's a coincidence at all this morning that God is having us look at this beautiful birth narrative with the shepherds and the angels. And as we look at this passage this morning, I want us to consider two things. First, the people who walked in darkness. And then secondly, we have seen a great light. Let me pray for us. Father, We are grateful this morning for your goodness to us that you created light and that the light shined into the darkness and there was day. And Lord, we're grateful that you created us in your image, male and female. And we're grateful that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, the light of the world into our world. Father, I pray in these moments that you would take away any distractions, that you would give us ears to hear, Holy Spirit, and illuminate your word to us today. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open to Luke 2, or you can look in your bulletin. And the first thing that we're going to consider is the people who walked in darkness. Now, Christmas time is, is a very sentimental time, and, and we love the sentimental nature of it. But sometimes, because it's such a sentimental uh, um, holiday, we think of the birth narratives as very kind of sentimental. We think of Linus playing on his piano on an empty stage, and just the beauty of him playing, and then him reading Luke 2, 
We think of, of Christmas songs like Silent Night, Little Drummer Boy. We think of all the beautiful nativity scenes. I was driving um, down uh, Friendly and saw the, the nativity scene out at Greensboro College. It's just gorgeous. And all of these things, uh, they portray the birth narrative really like a Hallmark movie. Everything's great. Everything's going to end up well. But the true story of Christmas is really far from this. Right before Jesus was born, it was in a complete dark time for Israel. The nation of Israel had been overthrown by the Roman Empire. And they were under the rule of Augustus Caesar, who was a ruthless leader. The the land that had been passed down to the Israelites was no longer their land. It was being occupied by the Romans. And then the Romans forced the Israelites to pay these incredible taxes, taxes on everything. So much so that the Israelites, they didn't have enough money to pay for their own food to provide for their families. And if the Romans didn't pay the taxes, they were thrown. If the Israelites didn't pay the taxes, they were thrown into jail. They were outcast in their land. It was a dark, dark time for Israel. And not only was it a dark time because they were oppressed by the Romans, it was also a dark time because they had not heard from God for 400 years. Think about that. For 400 years, God was silent. And in the midst of that silence, an even greater tragedy where the religious leaders, the Pharisees, they decided we're going to make up a bunch of extra biblical rules. And these rules are going to be rules that you Israelites, you Jews, are going to have to follow. And if you don't follow these rules, then you're going to have to pay a penance. And you're going to have to drop some money into a coffer. And that coffer is going to line the pockets of the Pharisees. And so spiritually, it was also a dark time for the Israelites. The church was full of corruption, leaving the people in darkness and despair. The Jews, they were struggling from an external power, the Romans, and then they were also struggling under the weight and the oppression of their very leaders. That's why when Isaiah speaks of this time in Isaiah 9, he says the people of Israel walked in darkness. And as I think about that and paint that picture for us, I can't help but think that we too, as a people, have walked in darkness over the past two years. COVID-19 has taken over 6 million people's lives. And not only has it taken six million people's lives, it's hurt the world economy. It's hurt our education system. Mental illness and the suicide rates are at an all-time high. And over these past two years, we've endured a horrific election cycle. We've seen deep failures in our justice system. And we've watched helplessly 
as crime continues to rise. And if it wasn't bad enough that outside the church walls there's darkness, inside the church walls there's been darkness. Over 30% of the people that used to attend church don't even attend anywhere anymore. And pastors, friends of mine, are dropping like flies because it's so difficult to pastor during this time when there's so much division and people are going to their different tribes. Seminaries are struggling to fill their classrooms. Self-actualization seems to be more important than biblical truth. It's been a dark time for our nation and our world, just as it was a dark time for the Israelites 2,000 years ago. But the good news, the good news of our text this morning is that though we are a people who walk in darkness, there has been a great light that has entered our world. The light has broken through the darkness, and the darkness, though overwhelming at times, has not overcome it. Which brings us to our second point this morning. We have seen a great light. Luke tells us that in Israel's darkest hour, literally and figuratively, God's light breaks forth. Look at verse 8. In the fields outside of Bethlehem, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Sheep were the primary um, animal that, that helped fuel Israel's economy. And so shepherds were charged to watch them by day and then to watch them by night. And shepherds were considered the outcasts amongst the Israelites. And Luke is telling us, he takes us, he transports us into a field. And if you can imagine a field and it's dark outside, you can see the stars. There's one really bright star right over Bethlehem. But in essence, everything is dark except for the campfire that these shepherds, they gather around. And then in the midst of the darkness of the night, in verse 9, Luke says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Out of the darkness came a great light. The light of God's presence shined on the shepherds. And again, oftentimes I think when we think about the scene, we think of Gabriel coming and appearing. And when he came and appeared and talked to Mary, he wasn't shining, he wasn't bright. But in this scene, the angel who appears is literally a bright light. If you think of the brightest light that you can ever think of, that's what they saw up in the sky. And they were so afraid, they were, they were literally feared with a great fear. And they bowed down before the Lord. And the angel spoke from this light and said this to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The angel declared to them that their long-awaited Savior, the light in the darkness, He has come. And after this declaration of this one angel and this one bright light, like never before in, 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 the, in the world's history, what happened was a host of angels gathered around. Literally an army of angels. It was a cosmic light show. Because all of those angels, they shined with the glory of God. If you can think of 4th of July in New York, and just the skies being light up, and then you put that on steroids times a thousand, that's how bright of a light that came over these shepherds. And the angel of the Lord, along with the whole host, they lit up the sky and they said this, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. The great rescue plan that God the Father and the Son and the Spirit had established amongst themselves before the world had even began. It was coming to fruition. And, and the greatest thing about the rescue plan was that Jesus Christ, God Himself in flesh, was going to come and live a perfect life and die a death He didn't deserve to die and be raised again from the dead. So what? So that we, so that we can have eternal life. John 1, 1 through 5 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was nothing anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. God did not abandon his people. He sent his Son into our world as a light, and he declared shalom, that he was going to make things like they were originally supposed to be made in the Garden of Eden before the fall. Wholeness, peace, and restoration of the whole world under the kingship of Jesus Christ. And after the angels declare this, and the shepherds are bowed down, in an instant, the skies turned dark. The light was gone. And the shepherds' hearts were so full of joy then what did they do? They took off running as fast as they could to Bethlehem. And they found Mary in, in this stall. And can you imagine what that was like? They knew that the baby that they were looking at in this stall that was crying was the Messiah. The light in the darkness. The light that would deliver them from the Roman oppression. The light that would deliver them from their own sin. The light 
that would break through the darkness. Jesus is the light. He is the file of light that provides light when all other light goes out. I came across this poem written by Justin Farley this week. It's called The Light That Shines in the Darkness. He writes this, There's a light that shines in the darkness. There's a destiny waiting at the end of the road. There's meaning in the middle of this emptiness. There's a reason you've been asked to carry this heavy load. There's a dawn waiting at the edge of every midnight. There's a seed planted with every fallen leaf. With every wrong, there's the chance to make a right. With every hour of suffering, there's an eternity of relief. Our darkest moments give us the opportunity for seasons of our greatest growth. Every day we work towards continuity of acceptance and persistent hope. And there's a light that shines in the darkness. There's a star that guides the way. There's a gate that's open to forgiveness. And there's a shepherd who saves those who've gone astray. The Christmas story is a story of a people who were in darkness. It's also a story of a people who experienced a great light. Jesus, the light of the world, he has come. And he has broken through not only Israel's darkness, but he's broken through our darkness. Corporately and individually. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the the last months and years. And I was thinking about all the darkness But in the midst of all the darkness that we've experienced, I also saw light. Jesus' light living in each of you. And I I thought about the Schenke family and just the amazing testimony. In the midst of the darkness of cancer, their faith is a shining light for all of us. I thought about all of you who had lost parents over the last year, and endured the pain and suffering of that death. And yet, you carried it, and you grieved, and you wept. But you didn't wept as people without hope, without life, without light. Instead, you pointed to Christ and the truth that we are all going to experience death, and we're all going to experience eternal life. I thought about all the babies So many babies that have been born over these last years. And even this morning as I was looking at uh, the the Beardell's grandchild, and she just lit up. I just thought, that is the light. The light of Christ in her face. The new friendships that have developed over the last years. Even Tuesday night pickleball is a time of light. A time of hope. The growth of our prayer ministry and children's ministry. Bessie said that we're going to probably have up to 100 children in our ministry. That's amazing to me. And then as I think beyond the church doors about the light of Christ, I think about Greensboro, and I've lived here my whole life. And I've lived when we were the biggest city in North Carolina, and then we declined. 
and we've been praying for economic growth. And what does God do? He answers our prayer. He brings a Toyota plant to Greensboro. He brings the Tanger Center so that we can enjoy the arts. He brings Elon Law School. He is growing our city. The light is shining in the darkness. And the darkness will not overcome it. And the good news this morning is if you profess faith in Christ, you have the light of Christ inside of you. And so wherever you go, you are Christ's light. Wherever you go, whether you go down into the darkness or whether you go into a church, whether you go into schools, wherever you go, you are the light of Christ. At Christmas time, we're so caught up in giving gifts, and that's great, giving bikes, giving different things, blankets, all these candles, wonderful gifts, right? But none of that compares to the gift that each of you hold inside of yourself, and that's the light of Christ. And so the greatest gift that you can give this Christmas is to be salt and light in your families, amongst your neighbors, with your coworkers, with your classmates. And so my hope for you and for me this Christmas season is that we will come and we'll wrap our arms around those who are in darkness, who are suffering, and we'll weep with those who weep. But we will not weep as people without hope, without light. And as the Spirit leads us, we will gently whisper words of hope and truth that Jesus has overcome the darkness. There's a child that was born 2,000 years ago in a manger. And that child is Jesus Christ. And he lived and he died and he rose again. And one day, the light of the world will come back and He will make all things new. And there will be no more darkness, no more evil, no more sin, no more death, no more cancer, no more weeping. There will be light. And we will be with the light of Christ for all eternity. My car window it was fixed the next day, thanks to Diane and a friend down at, at Glass. It's called Glass Windshields or Windshield Glass. Recommend it to you. They were great. Um, took two days for me to get light back in my living room um, and endured that for two days. And, yet, and then I found an electrician. He came. Jason was great. Came, fixed it. Boom. And I have light in my living room. And as I felt a sense of relief as the lights came back on. I couldn't help but remember this passage and the joy that I felt when the lights turned on the living room. How much greater is the joy that we have because of Jesus Christ, the light of the whole world, and that He has come. And this morning, we get the privilege of celebrating His light as we come and partake of this table. And isn't it interesting that this table was presented when? Not during the day he took his disciples at night. The night that he was going 
to be betrayed and experience incredible darkness for the next days. He invites us to come and partake because he is the light of the world.